Hello and welcome to Love Signals. My name is Michaela McDonald, and I will be your host as we continue on this journey of exploring all the ways that love is sending signals to us and through us. Welcome back, everybody. Here we are, episode 25. My goodness, we are a quarter of the way to 100. Not that anything necessarily fancy happens at 100. (laughs) I guess, gosh, we could do a 100-episode review at that point. And I get excited thinking about getting there because I get excited about what will have happened between here and there and what new insights and feelings and delights will be part of my awareness by then. So gosh, that'll be a little while from now though. 100 episodes, that's like two years worth of weekly episodes. So I'm ambitious. (laughs) Oh, well, welcome back. Here we are. It is October. We're deep in October now, at least when I'm recording this. And I wanted to share with you all, this past Sunday night was the full moon. And I was looking into it. It's actually termed the harvest moon. And it's that the, or sorry, this was the hunter's moon. And the harvest moon is the moon, full moon that happens before the autumn equinox. And so that was back in September. And that makes sense, right? It's like you have all this light. I imagine in more agriculturally based times in our culture, the full moon in September, right before the equinox and basically before, you know, frost might be on the horizon, it might have been helpful to have that full moon and to have all that time to work more potentially and harvest more or maybe it's just the full moon that they would dance and celebrate under after a long day of work harvesting crops I like that a little bit more and then just working through the night (laughs) anyway I don't know for sure but this moon this full moon that happened this past Sunday so the full moon that's right after the equinox is always called the hunter moon or the hunter's moon and I think that's because you know then it's time to hunt. (laughs) Um, I imagine that animals probably carry a bit more fat on their bodies in the fall because they've been eating, eating, eating in the late summer months uh, in preparation for winter. So it's probably a good time to hunt if you're looking for animals that are going to sustain you through the winter. Um, This is all to say I'm loving nerding out about the seasons, the moon, and As luck would have it, I was on a walk around the yard with my partner Dylan when the full moon was rising on Sunday night. And it was so nice. We were just enjoying the dusk, the sunset. And it seems to be that the full moon rises around sunset because it's like, okay, it's just right directly opposite of the sun. And so it's, you know, catching all that light. And, um, or something like that. I don't know how all of it works, but I'm learning. (laughs) And it was so beautiful. And there's such a cool thing. I I imagine a lot of you have noticed this where when the moon is closer to the horizon, I think it has something to do with the atmosphere that actually magnifies the moon and makes it look even bigger than it looks once it's up higher in the sky. And so if you can imagine it, here we are in the desert, there's all these hills and mountains kind of we're high up, we're, we're in like a mountain desert spot, but there's lots of mountains 
all around us. We're in a bit of a valley up in the mountains. And all of the mountains were kind of a soft, dusty, purpley blue, kind of periwinkle almost. And the sky was a similar color. And then all of a sudden, out to the east, kind of the northeast, there was this thin line that was so golden. It was like almost like liquid sunshine or or like a candle flame or it felt kind of apricot too as it started to rise and the moon was just coming up slowly slowly with this beautiful peachy glow and it got bigger and bigger and bigger it was amazing it was just absolutely amazing and it was such a quiet night the birds were flying here and there and that contrast of that golden honey moon combined with that soft purple of the sky and the hills was so beautiful it definitely felt like a love signal (laughs) and we didn't have our phones on us so we just soaked it in just let it wash over us and sometimes I like the idea of almost taking a picture with my heart (laughs) and uh savoring savoring things like that So it was beautiful. I hope you all got to see the full moon. If you didn't, don't worry. There's more moons that you can spend time with if you're so inclined. It's kind of fun to be surprised by the moon and delighted by it, I think. Um, I feel like all the moon rises that I've been surprised by are the ones I remember the most. There's just such a, a joy in those. So I have been thinking a lot about a lot of different things. I've been thinking about seasons. I've been thinking about writing the book. I've also been thinking a lot about um, the hero's journey, which is something that you may or may not be familiar with. It comes from Joseph Campbell. And he's this wonderful man who has written many books. I think he's passed on at this point. But he, um, he wrote the book, A Hero of a Thousand Faces. And he talks about this idea of the mono myth, that there's one basic archetypal myth that we can map and see, that basically we can map any story onto, that we can see that most stories of any hero fit into this circle that is the hero's journey, this wheel, the hero's journey wheel. And... It's just been fun to think about, and I I think especially in terms of thinking of ourselves as the heroes of our own stories, and um, that's just something I've been aware of, so I'm still kind of spending more time with it. It's something I am familiar with because we learned about it in high school when I was at the Austin Waldorf School, so we did a whole section on the hero's journey, and we actually uh, watched The Matrix And one of our assignments was to analyze The Matrix. It was the first time I'd ever seen that movie. And um, we had to analyze that movie and talk about which stages of the hero's journey correlated with different stages of um, Neo, the hero of that story's uh, experience. So anyway, I'm thinking about it more, though. I think as I'm writing this book, I'm thinking about the hero's journey and how how we all are heroes of our own stories. And 
I was looking into this more on YouTube and, and different written articles online, and a few people have talked about this idea of the hero's journey being a circle for a reason. It's on a wheel for a reason. And it's because we never quite finish. It's not a one and done thing. And that there's levels. And this makes me think of like spirals of, okay, you go through the journey and you evolve and then um, you basically return home to the to the original world, to the normal world after you've gone on your adventure, whether it's internal and emotional or external and, you know, across a vast landscape. And you return home with the insights, the information, the elixir, the answers, the whatever it may be. And not that we all always return home, but I think there is some sense of returning back to some level of normalcy or um, stability. And then we venture out again. Then there's a new call that, that beckons us out into the unknown to discover something else. And then we go through the trials and, and experiences and, um, and come back again. And so I like this idea that it's continuous. And I also like that a lot of people were pointing out how it's really about the journey of self-discovery. So often it's about through, through the challenges, whatever they may be, external or internal, we learn about ourselves and we become stronger in ourselves. And this reminds me so much of coaching. And it's actually something that one of my beloved coaches uh, would talk about a lot. She said, you know, you are not the hero of your client's journey. You're just there as a support, as a guide, as maybe a mentor. And those are actually specific things that Joseph Campbell's Hero's Journey identifies that, you know, a mentor or a helpful guide will appear at certain points along the way. And that's your role as a coach. It's you are not the hero because you're not, you're not rescuing them. You're not saving them. You're not fighting their battles for them, right? You are there to facilitate. You are there to support and cheer them on and maybe point out things that they may not see or help them, you know, connect with a deeper sense of meaning in those tough times where they really have to dig deep. And I always loved the clarity of that, right? The client, the individual, that's who's on a hero's journey. They are the hero of their story. And thinking about that for each of us, that means each of us is on our own hero's journey. And there's something so uplifting thinking about, even if there's small challenges we may face or large, if we see it as a quest, as a, oh, I'm the hero of my journey and I'm being called to face this, this new, um, <laughs> this new challenge or, uh, this new adventure. And what will I learn? There were some excerpts in what I was reading online of people who were really appreciating the perspective of a hero's journey when they were diagnosed with a really intense illness or things like that. And I could really see how thinking of us of ourselves as a hero on a journey as a hero having an adventure and I'm using the word hero not just as like somebody who's heroic but I mean it as like the lead in the story right the hero of the story the 
the one that we're rooting for, the one that we're following step by step as they go on their adventure. And so I think seeing ourselves as heroes rather than as victims um, or, you know, just extras in the storyline, but like, no, I am important and my journey is important. And there's some sense too with a hero, I get that hmm, it's almost like there is a sense of power and choice and free will with the hero. It's like, I am, yes, there are circumstances that are presenting themselves to me that may be challenging, that may be exciting. And I get to meet them with my heart, with my unique self, my unique hero self. And there's something really uplifting about that to me and empowering. I could really see how this perspective of seeing ourselves as the heroes of our stories is very uplifting and empowering. And so I've just been thinking about that more and thinking about how love signals fits into all of that. There is a way that love signals and this practice of love letter writing feels like some kind of elixir or um, beautiful revelation. And returning with the elixir, quote unquote, is the step that happens right at the end of the hero's journey when they return to, you know, the kind of the ordinary world or, or back to their home. And that's part of what got me thinking about this because I was like, well, wait a second, love signals and this, this practice, this process, this perspective feels like an elixir. It feels like some yummy answer to a question. I was like, but what is the question? What is the quest that I was prompted to go on? When does it even begin? Does it begin when I was a child? Does it begin when I started that year-long project? Um, and so I'm still exploring how the hero's journey maps onto my experience with all of this and, and love signals specifically. So that's just what's been on my mind. I imagine I will have more to share in the coming weeks about the hero's journey and how that idea of that myth connects with my experience and even how I imagine it could connect with anyone listening because it is this deep myth, but it's also this, the reason that a myth or that a story is powerful is because we resonate, right? That's why storytelling is such a powerful way to educate because people can connect with it. They, they get emotionally invested. They, they want to know what's going to happen. And I think that's because there's ways that it's deeply familiar to us to think about a journey, to think about an adventure and going out into the unknown and facing whatever arises and conquering it and, and having delights and maybe not some delights and, and emerging victorious, right? Emerging um, whole and new and possibly with some some new sense of self or some new insight that you come away with. So that is my happy rant, happy, explorative, curious rant about Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey. And with that, I'd like to read you all a love letter. So this is from December 14th, 
of 2020. And so I know I'm kind of skipping ahead here. I have been, I had been reading love letters that were kind of in sync with where we are now in the year, but I just felt like jumping ahead. And this time is cool because in December of 2020, I had decided that I wanted to move away from Boulder, Colorado and out to California. Talk about a hero's journey, right? I felt this call, this this call of like, oh, I think it's, oh, I think it's time. And I kind of resisted it at first. And that's even part of the hero's journey. They resist the call. They don't, they don't want to do it. They don't want to go on the adventure. And then some kind of guide or support or some kind of sense of um, mentorship comes in and helps the hero to, okay, be like, okay, I'm doing it. I'm going on the adventure. And then they cross the first threshold, which is where they step out of their ordinary world and into the unknown. And so I feel like this is kind of this time where I had let the decision to move really sink in. And gosh, probably at this point, I had sold most of my furniture. I think I was living in a rather empty apartment. And I was just getting ready for what I knew was going to be this road trip starting January 1st and uh, that would take a few days and then January 3rd I would arrive in California and so it's just interesting to think about those feelings that were going on of of this sense of getting ready getting ready for the unknown and and almost already starting to emotionally and mentally and even energetically enter into the unknown in anticipation and that makes me think, you know, I don't really know what I would say was the mentor who came in after I kind of accepted the call to adventure. I could see that as my grandma, even though she died years before, there was a, a real sense I felt of her, like in my mind, in my mind's ear, because <laughs> I heard her, I didn't necessarily see her, but I heard her kind of cheering me on in a certain way. And, um, yeah, I also felt a lot of support from these letters. And so anyway, I'm going to keep that as a question. Who, who, who or what was the kind of mentor or support as I started to, you know, take up, take up the quest and, and accept that this adventure was what I was being called to do next. So with all of that in mind, um, here's this love letter. I'm going to read you the tiny little excerpt I wrote before the love letter because this is at the very beginning of this journal. December 14th, 2020, Monday evening. Snow is dusting the ground and tree limbs and cars in the alleyway. This journal will hold my thoughts and feelings as I embark on a new chapter. A chapter of adventure and choosing my one wild and precious life. Wow, I'm glad I read that. I do remember that that was such a sense of the feeling of like, you know what? This is my life. I really want to do what feels most compelling, what feels most true to my heart. I could, I could think of so many reasons why I shouldn't move. I remember that, you know, it's like, oh, my friends were there. I knew the place. I had an incredible apartment in the ideal like location and it was affordable and... I loved so much of that town. I loved so much of the life I had created there. But there was just this 
amazing sense of being called forth into the unknown. And, and the symbol of that felt like it, it just held this deep sense of choosing my life rather than making it about what's convenient or easy or good for everybody else. It's like, no, I want to choose what feels really good to me. And I don't fully understand why this is what feels good to me, but it feels right. And I, I feel so compelled. I'm going to listen to that. And I'm going to keep listening to that. So here's our love letter from that night. I love you when it's snowing. I love you when it's warm. I love you in a rainstorm. I love you in the dawn. I love you in the fall leaves and under crisp and starry skies. I love you like a moonbeam filling nocturnal blossom eyes. I love you in the sunset and the blanket of soft gray dusk. I love you every season, every moon phase, every day and night. I drink you in, alive, every moment. My love for you fills oceans and skyscapes and sand dunes. It saturates like the ink of night. So, may you feel my love down deep in your bones. My beloved, in every breath, I surrender and my love ceaselessly grows. I did a small drawing off to the side of this one of just lots of mountains, just wave after wave of mountain ranges and then a glowing star at the end. And off to the other side on the other page, which is one of the kind of beginning pages of the journal that's a different color. It's like a beautiful blue. I drew kind of a winding path that leads across a, a flat landscape and then goes between two mountains. I knew I was going to be driving through the mountains. And uh, there's quite a few mountains between Colorado and California. And there's just a sense of, okay, layer after layer, mountain after mountain, pass after pass. I knew I'd be traveling. And I think there's almost this way that I could imagine love being with me all the way, like following me and and even pre-paving the road ahead, that it was my love was venturing out before me to prepare, to ready, <laughs> to ready the landscape for my arrival. <laughs> Sounds so sweet. Um, yeah, I feel like this, this love letter really encapsulates a lot of the things I'm thinking about today, which is so cool. I just opened this up, you know, and I open, well, before I record these episodes, I'll open up a few these journals and kind of leaf around and then I find one and I don't always read it entirely I'll just read a little and be like yes ooh, that's the one so then as I'm reading these live to you all I get to be kind of surprised and delighted by them which is fun yeah so ah, this sense of feeling love in all these different seasons all these different times of day all these different types of weather this sense of the love saturating like the ink of night. I love that. Have you ever spilled ink and seen it kind of soak into whatever it's in? You know, if it's on cloth, it absorbs quite quickly. 
paper it will absorb as well. It takes a little more time. But I love the way that ink will soak into things and kind of spread, especially when it's fabric. It's like it just, the fabric wicks it up and carries it deeper into the the pattern and, and woven intricacies of it. Hmm. Yeah, that's a really fun one. So here I am thinking about the hero's journey, inviting you all to think about your own hero's journey. And oh, another thing I'll mention is I've started to read I've been enjoying fiction. I read some Jane Austen. Now I'm reading uh, the famous alchemist book by Paulo Coelho. I think he's uh, Brazilian or Portuguese. Portuguese in some form. (laughs) And uh, it's so beautiful. And it's such a classic hero's journey, this, this man going on this journey to discover treasure. And what is the true treasure <laughs> that he will discover? We'll find out. I've read it before, but I don't remember it. And I'm looking forward to reading it this time. So I'd like to invite you all to see yourself as the hero of your life, as the hero of your journey. And if any obstacles or challenges meet you this week, what happens when you see yourself as the hero on a quest, and the hero who will face the odds and conquer them, you know, f- discover the, the um, whatever it may be. <laughs> I don't know why I'm trying to blank, but like, I think sometimes conquering something is through discovery, through looking at it from different angles, and through being flexible and curious in our own minds as far as how we're relating to things. So whatever you're facing, whatever life throws your way, what is it like when you see yourself as the hero? And to add to it, to make it a love signals hero experience, what is it like when you are the hero and you are deeply held by love and you feel cheered on by love? Perhaps there's a love letter to your hero self, to the part of you that is strong, but maybe sometimes lays dormant to the part of you that is brave and willing to be adventurous and maybe sometimes needs some extra encouragement. What would a love letter look like to that hero self? Maybe the the reluctant hero and then also the, the strengths of the hero. A love letter could celebrate what you can do and what is possible and what you have done. And it can also help reassure and console and kind of beckon forth the sense of inner strength and inner fire that each of us has. So I invite you to play with it, explore it. I know I've been exploring writing some love letters to myself recently as I go on this quest of writing a book. Just writing a book in itself feels like a hero's journey. (laughs) And sometimes um, I can have, you know, low days or kind of where I get hard on myself. If I should be further along or um, you know, I should, I should know this, or I should know that, or I should be clear or whatever it might be. And I've been enjoying thinking about, and even I spent some time before this episode playing with writing love letters to myself as I am the hero on this journey, writing this book of like, Hey, I, I hear you're feeling this. I hear you're thinking that I hear you're 
dealing with this. And I want you to know that I love you. And I want you to know that I really believe in you. And I want you to know that just because this feels uncomfortable doesn't mean it's wrong. And it doesn't mean there isn't something valuable here that's actually going to benefit you and others in the big picture. So you can relax. You can know that you're loved. You can know that you're more supportive than you realize. And keep showing up. Keep breathing life into this adventure, this creative project, whatever it is. Because the only true failure is when we stop being alive and being engaged with whatever it is, whatever journey we're on. And so I feel that. I feel that love letter. And I hope that as I shared those sentiments that they can meet you and and wrap you up in a sense of of uh, love and and maybe like encouragement and bolstering and just like you've got this whatever you're working on or whatever you're feeling called to explore go do it be the hero be the adventurer love is here for you supporting you every step of the way I really do believe that so Oh, I think we did it. What a sweet, sweet episode. As always, if you all want to reach out, I have a, I have an email. Do, 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 do. <laughs> love signals podcast at gmail.com. That's love signals, plural signals, podcast at gmail.com. And if you are enjoying this podcast, please share. If you love a certain episode, share that with somebody you love and you want to receive a little love signal. You can always like and subscribe or maybe not like necessarily, but I don't know. Have your adventures on all these different platforms. Maybe you can like them on certain platforms, but subscribe. You can rate, you can review. All of that really helps, but I'm just here to serve. I'm just here to play and and be curious. So whatever feels good to you, do that. Please know that I'm so grateful for your time and that you're listening to these thoughts and these musings of mine. I look forward to hearing from you whenever, if ever that happens. And in the meantime, I'll leave you with our beloved phrase. There's so much love here for you. May you feel it more and more every single day, every single moment, every single breath. Take care. <laughs>